Josh Allen. Back to pass, fires over the middle, complete on a crossing route to Shakir, who gets away from the tackler, down to the 10, looking for the end zone, and he's in! Khalil Shakir did a disappearing act on the tackler, reversed his field, and found the end zone! Unbelievable! Trips to the right side. Here comes pressure. Baker Mayfield steps up, goes away. It's a caught ball. Inside the 30, outside the numbers. David Moore to the 20. David Moore to the 15. Moore still on his feet to the 5. To the 3. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Fire the cannons. Now's the time that we need to share. Third down. Six dropping Hurts, dropping Hurts, Hurts is in press, trouble, in trouble in his own end zone. He's going to be sacked for a safety. Anthony Nelson did not give up. We have a great locker room, uh, great staff that, uh, I mean, just the leadership overall. We lean on each other. We trust each other. Um, just doing your job and knowing that the guy next to you is going to do his. And so that, it's, that's accountability for yourself and for your teammates. And it's just it's amazing to see the growth that this team has had in the second half of the year. You know, in this league, you have to, you have to be able to find ways to win in a ton of different ways. Um, and I feel like for a time there, we were doing that, and we were doing it at a high level. Um, we were winning a lot of games, and we weren't playing to uh, the level we thought we should be playing to. And then um, kind of got in a hole um, in the back end and um, really couldn't pick ourselves out of it. Lately, right? I wish we uh, could have done this a little while ago, right? Um, but I think everybody, you know, everybody will quit in this room, right? Everybody will try to work our best and try to win games, you know, and climb our way back, right? And, um, and tonight, you know, it was a great game, you know, against a good team, and uh, I'm glad um, we got that one here. Side Cunningham gonna lock and load. Three ball is long. Rebound Baravich. There's your triple double. Put back is in. Casey Baravich, a triple double tonight. Have we done this before on the uh, – and by the way, good afternoon. It is a, a Tuesday edition, the Jack Michael Show. Uh, and Derek Hansen has got what I like to refer to because we have a few of these as a uh, kind of a 4A to 11P day going. <laughs> you got hoops tonight. Yeah, I'll get a good nap in though. I, uh, I uh, Have we done this before because that was the um, Goo Goo Dolls yeah. covering Super Tramp song Give a little bit. And I think we did this before, so I, maybe we won't do it today. But I thought, you know, that's not a bad cover. No. And and we have. because I, I, We have done right. it, but I won't make it because I disturb. We Remember we went down that path? I yes. said disturbs, cover. Sound of silence. Yeah, yep. is, is good. But that's not a bad. No, they did a good job. They made it their own. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And there's another one that, that, that fits in that line, um, and I'm going to get it wrong. Maybe, maybe I won't. Um, uh, the Boys of Summer was redone by... Not, not the the Aztecs, the Ataris, maybe I want to say, is a group. Did the yep. Boys of Summer? Not a bad cover of the Boys of Summer. No, I liked it a lot, actually. And the timing was right. It was kind of right when baseball needed a little, yeah, uh, you know, late 90s type of thing. So right? on this, Derek, uh, Tuesdays and Fridays, if, you, if you're if you a loyal listener, and, 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 and hopefully you are, and you tune in, you know that our text club question can range from sports, hardcore sports, like we had most of the time. Here's what I'll ask today. What song should never be covered? Ooh. <laughs> and what movie should never been redone? We get it. So are you saying songs shouldn't or shouldn't have? Should not have been covered by anybody yeah, either else. Either way, yeah. Cause... Anybody else. Now, <laughs> which is like the exact opposite, because I've heard a lot of good covers. There's a lot of good covers. 
but a song that just and and not and don't don't get all you know holiday up or like novelty you know song like a song that just mm-hmm. because I'll tell you another thing on the open to one of the NFL games you know you get your Carrie Underwood on one channel and you have the the Chris Stapleton cover of In the Air Tonight <laughs> not bad. Yeah, that's true. He gets true. into it. You know, he's got a very that voice is yeah, he unique. He needed his own for sure. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm asking this: what song just would be either sacrilegious almost to to cover, or don't even try? You're not going to do it justice. Is there one? I don't know. Well, I'm pretty partial to him, but there's a lot of Zeppelin songs. I don't think they should ever. I mean, like. <laughs> Stairway to Heaven. I don't know if you want to touch that with a ten foot. But I, I mean, bet somebody out there covers well, I the think, heck I'm out sure, of it. I'm sure they did, but but you're right. Someone just texted that in right when Stairway, I said right that. Right when you said it. Oh, we're in sync today. That's creepy. <laughs> oh, and I don't have my my phone's charging in my office. No, so this is legit. Someone just texted in Stairway three five two seven zero. Why just think I made that list is short, Derek? That question I made that list is short. Well, our friend Steve, who used to do copy here way back when, yeah. He said, said, no, why people try to cover Beatles songs is beyond me. And so you you think about Beatles and Zeppelin. Those are two that are pretty tough to cover, you know. So uh, Hard Day's Night. Yeah. Yeah, It'd be tough to hear somebody uh, somebody cover that. I think someone did Twist and Shout, but that's kind of almost a cover. The Beatles have covered bands, you know. Of course, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hawk Hawk covers great. Have you ever seen the movie Chris on? And and he'll drop a like a faithfully out of the gate. Anyway, it is a special show today. I'm excited because something Derek also brought up yesterday that I was thinking about um, a little bit throughout the day. And I don't know if it's just stuck with me or if it was angst coming from Der- Derek's point as a Viking follower for all these all your generation of Viking fans. But <laughs> Derek's like, you went into this whole little three minute thing on uh the lions yeah and so on and so forth i hope they go to the super bowl and lose it and lose it <laughs> and I, I thought i said man is that harsh but then i thought well i gotta know where it's coming from i understand where it's coming from so it it, it kind of made me laugh a little bit and then uh you know then i thought about buffalo you know and buffalo the bridesmaids of buffalo you know been there done yeah. that you know is it better to have loved and lost and never loved before well i don't know uh, maybe, but maybe not to some people. Uh, so today on the show, in a little bit, my dear friend Phil Hansen, who certainly has experienced Buffalo, who's in the Ring of Honor in Buffalo, right. who has played in Super Bowls and lost in Buffalo and lost in Bo- and lost Super Bowls. You know the story. He lost three in a row. The organization lost four, four in, in a row. row. Right, and Phil was part of three. So I thought, you know, all that success and that town – and that city, and that stadium, and the snow, and the cold. What's it like to pick off Dan Marino? What's it like to sack so-and-so? What's it like to play for that city? And what would it mean to yeah. that city? You know, that's what we're going to have Phil talk about I'm today. glad you reached out to him because I've done a little bit of a Mia Copa. I think after seeing that scene, so I stopped by, and I listened to most of the game here in the fan, mm-hmm. but I did stop and get a few things done. So I had it on the... TV and looking at the fans, throwing up the snow, mm. thinking about what they went through. Yeah. Because the Broncos are three and five, I think I can handle the Bills being one and four. I not <laughs> if you know, and, and the Vikings will still sit in that club. Because the Bills and the Vikings have that 0 and 4 club together, right? But yep. the, the fan base is just too good for them to me not be happy about it, right? And I wouldn't mind the Lions. I'd be happy for their fan base, but it's just the principle of the deal that you've been so bad so long, you've never been to a Super Bowl. Then you're going to go in and just win one. Yeah, Ugh, yeah, that's know. it. I also look at not to make Man. this a socioeconomic argument and hierarchy of this, but you know, I don't think of Detroit as much as there are affluent people in Detroit. I think Detroit connotates hardworking, rolling blue up collar. the sleeves, blue collar, fight yep. for everything they had they deserve. Buffalo, I don't think of affluent. You know, I think of hardworking, blue collar. You know, so that's so. There's part of that going into this. But I do also want to say I've lived here 95 percent of my life. Yeah, and come on, you're just breaking out Lions gear now. Seriously, 
I mean, I haven't seen this much Lions gear since Beverly Hills Cop was busy and people were wearing, you know, Axel Foley that for Halloween. That Alex yeah. Folk, uh, Axel Foley had on. Hey, come on. What are we doing here? So. Uh, so the playoff division round is set. We'll talk about that in a moment. The phone lines are also open at 237 3767 or 888 458 6926. That's the toll free number. And the text club at 35270. Today it's Tuesday, so it's always our talker. We go off script a little bit on that. Uh, songs that just sh- should never be covered. It's sacrilegious to cover them. Not shouldn't be done. Uh, Got a few here. And Stairway to Heaven is coming in, and that, that's probably pretty good. Uh, Let it be by the Beatles. Uh, hmm. Anything by Meatloaf. Yeah, it'd be hard to do that. Do you imagine someone covering uh, Paradise by the No? <laughs> I tried croaking that once on my ten-year class reunion. Never yeah. again. That was exhausting. Uh, in the end, by Lincoln Park. That'd be hard to do. So, no, that's a pretty good entry so far, 35270. We'll go to the phone line, Derek. Let's get some folks on board today and uh, get their thoughts. Our friend Brad in Grand Forks is in. B&GF. What's up, Bradley? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, Well, over the weekend, it seemed like four-pay football uh, NFL went on Peacock, Mm -hmm. and the uh, Summit League went to uh, Midco Sports Plus, and we got to pay for everything. Uh, Now... Uh, is NDSU going to be the only school which that does not change their, how they broadcast their games? I, That's I, a good question. It, it, yeah, I, think, I went off, Derek, on the Peacock. I personally didn't download it because of the what Brad's getting at here. I'm thinking, you know what? I already yeah. get NBC. Put it on NBC. Don't yeah. make me go it's ridiculous. fire up $6 for that. And then I didn't, I have the Midco subscription. I don't have – I can't get DAY Extra. I can't get anything on that. I, I, I don't have that. I have no – you know, I don't have any of that. I get it. People must get that, but yeah, it's easier to get over the air. I mean, I just think, I don't get that. To Brad's point, I mean, there's so many yeah. over the air stuff with point two or whatever for these guys. Yeah. It's ridiculous that they can't do this. And you know, the biggest thing, Brad, that we're all going to be watching for here, and hey, it's good uh-huh. for us. That's at no cost to you, right here on the fan and on our sister station, is what the Twins decide to do. I mean, we're a month and change away from. Well, Spring training games coming on. We got a here. caravan we don't know, by the way a week from tomorrow night, and we have no earthly idea what the provider is going to be television wise. Right. Well, before you hang up on me, is South Dakota going to uh, watch NDSU uh, not change how they broadcast? And uh, the people of South Dakota are not going to want it free. Are there going to be some rumblings down there? I don't know. I think they're so inbred with you know. I think Midco is so embedded down there though that. Very much so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, well, how about Tulsa? How about uh, Oral Roberts? How about St. Thomas? Uh, they're in big, big markets. Uh, but I imagine their their fans are going to have to pay for it too, just yeah. like the, uh, everybody else. Everybody else, but NDSU. The way it looks. Well, I mean, they they got ahead of the ball there with the local outfit that sure. wants to do it. I mean, if everybody has that, off to them, if everybody so. has that ability in their communities with their providers that that cover that, yeah. team, and if people are bidding yeah. on it, I mean. That's a part of it too. Is who's bidding oh, yeah. on what too? I mean, right? That's, no, but Brad, it's you're not going to watch UND in North Dakota without paying extra money. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, you're going to watch them free on the radio, though. I'll tell you that, Bradley. <laughs> that's right, <laughs> <laughs> Brad. It's a valid, valid point, Brad. And I appreciate the call. Thank you. Uh, and I don't know. If, and I think the other thing is there's grumblings around the state as what how much they can really pick up off of over there translate. I mean, it's just you can't yeah. win don't I watch for anything. It? I think for people who have Midco, they're happy, but. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I uh, I watched. Uh, we're in a little bit of a transition with this, right? Between st- streaming services yeah. and cable, and yeah. you know, well, how much do you pay? I wonder what I should have asked Brad this too. Do you know right off the top of your head the five dollar, ten dollar little things that you pay a month to? I I, I don't know. I mean, Netflix is whatever I have that Disney is. Disney and 11. Netflix that I actually pay. Everything else I kind of get through like through my phone. I get Hulu. And something else. I, what else? I, is we're it? in a job because we we just Amazon. Uh, I pay for. Yeah, so I, mean, I would say between everything, I pay over two hundred dollars. Yeah, and I haven't done this. I'm going to do take stock. I just this came up. To, just I was thinking the other day. But again, we have to cover. We just have to know a lot. You know, we right. we have a service. We're a provider, so we can't be everywhere. Um, and some of these cost money, like these high school networks that. You know, that I don't know if half the time it doesn't take my code, and then I'm like, oh, forgot password, and then it has to be resend, and it sends to it. You know, all these little things. But I, yeah, you're not, it's, it's Brad's point, you know, 
10 bucks here, 15 here, 11 there, five dollars here, Adds five up. Nine, nine there, and uh, and you've got it all. But uh, to our point, again, and <laughs> you're preaching to the choir. Watch it for free on the radio. And I, and I, I do have to say, thank goodness for that yesterday because I was mostly in, in transit. Tuning in. And I, I I liked the excitement when we first started or whatever, but I when I was kind of gathering up my clothes and everything, I had the TV on. Tony Tony Romo, I mean, I, we need to get him back to school here. <laughs> just, I mean, just yeah. chill, man. Uh, speaking of the twins. Uh, oh, yeah, the gym. Uh, right. I mean, I just. I don't know what, t- Tony, Tony to me. When he hit the scene, he got the big contract, you know, big job, and here comes Romo, right? Yep. Obviously, he's knowledgeable. He's a quarterback. Quarterbacks, 100% what are you thinking of? They have to know. Yes. They have to know. Troy Aikman, they just have, they've been so much, they've seen so much film, they got to know. And then Romo, to me, was like brilliant. It's like nothing we've ever seen. I know. He was calling plays as they have. I mean, it was great. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm in the cockpit of a, the huddle. And then it got like, well, now it's. Wow, Jim. I mean, no. I don't know if he was consulted saying, hey, don't be giving out all the – oh, they're going right, Jim. Remember, because that – oh, Jim, they're going to – there's going to be a toss. And then, and I wonder if somebody got in his ear and said, Tony, okay, this is good how you're doing this, but we need to scale it down. And for some reason, it just well, took – Well, that's a good point because – It took a turn It to doesn't like, take much more than a consultant to say – To screw everything up. Right. Tone that – yeah, yeah, right. To say, we've been through it in radio. I mean, yeah. it just – these guys who come in and then – the worst part is the bosses who actually listen to these people because yeah. – you, know, you know who they didn't have to consult? John Madden didn't yeah, exactly. have to be I mean, he he set the tone for it, right? And you know, some people got tired of his act, but he could bring the X's and O's on footballs and kind of bring it to the average person. That's why he was the best ever. And Romo's good at that before, but hey, it was like this is kind of cool. And now it feels like this, he's now he's just it's too much of a clown show for me. We need to get him back to being a broadcaster, right? The because uh, I think the potential's there, but. I agree with you 100%. Someone has led him astray. It almost feels like it doesn't like someone took him back and said, hey, you know, that all was cute and it's pretty cool, but you're little, you're going over. And you, got, you and I have been doing this long enough. We can tell when it's some clown consultant is coming to do this. <laughs> kind of like when a, <laughs> kind of like an outfit that always says how they got exclusive to everything. Yeah, we know this is some out of town consultant. Yeah, right. You're exclusive. <laughs> a little the whole this. Exclusive. Yeah. You're really exclusive. Right. exclusive word. We're exclusive. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, exactly right. Wait till you get to the music industry. <laughs> yes. Wait till the music radio and see what consultants do to that. Same 300 songs. <laughs> We're going to do it all. Uh, so the Bills... You know what it is? When the Bills get to the postseason, they rely on their legs, baby. And Josh Allen can run it. And as much as digs, they've got receivers. There's something about, speaking of Buffalo, and we'll talk with Phil here in a little man. bit. Speaking about them, man, they go old school. And you, the whole ability to, it's always trite when coaches say, we're going to run the ball and we're going to stop the run. Well, you know what? When it comes to the postseason, if you can run the ball, you're going to win a lot of football games. Especially when you're looking at weather like in Kansas oh, City and Buffalo, my right? Goodness, and they, yeah, and and their big old quarterback will tuck that thing and go. And he went for 52 on a run. Yesterday. Unbelievable. Now you know my feeling on quarterbacks being able to move the chains. I don't necessarily need a quarterback that does that, yeah. but boy, that is a weapon. So let's look at the eight quarterbacks that are left here. And to my point about how okay. Kevin O'Connell and Kirk, you know, I talk about the seven set drop sit in the pocket, right? So we're looking at Baker, who can he can extend a drive yep, right with yep. his legs. So we obviously it'll see look that. like hair on fire sometimes, but he can. Goff will, but he doesn't do it very often. Safe to say. Yep. But uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, I think he does. Yep. Josh Allen, yes. Yep. Brock Mahomes Purdy. does it. Pretty will, but will, doesn't but have to very often. Not his thing. I mean, if you're doing a, a quick dump out to Samuel and he runs it for forty yards. You Same don't really need it's, like it's like a yeah. running play anyway. Yeah. So I mean, I, but I think for the most of them, they can extend drives with their feet a little bit. And and sometimes, and the, I just don't think you can get away with it yeah. in this day and age. If you and don't sometimes have the Purdy and the Goff thought we don't think of them as, but when they do, it usually changes. The entire perspective of a game. Well, Rodgers is that to a T. I mean, you don't think of him as a running quarterback. He, he just, trust me, as a Viking fan, he'd go and move the chains just enough yep. by running for 11 yards. I mean, he just get to the chain and walk out of bounds, and that's what I want more than anything else. Belichick interviewed in, in Atlanta. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You think that turned? That looked weird. You think, you think that perked Jerry's ears up a little bit down there in Dallas? 
I don't know what they're doing down there. How about Mike Tomlin walking out of his press conference? How about that? When asked if, about his year left in his contract. And the second the question came up, Derek, I heard you play this morning on, on uh, KFGO Sports. And so Done. there's rumors that uh, if McCarthy goes, that there'll be a little trade going on. Well, and we touched on this a little bit yesterday. I think Florio reported a little bit about that. Oh. If we And it wouldn't be the first time we see coaches involved yep. in trade that would be either a draft pick or something of that nature. Um it just movement to back to our Detroit and Buffalo, and I'm not maybe in a fiscal year here. No one will we'll get Phil on. Rangers World Series, right? Golden Knights. Yeah, it's still hard to believe. So first and first and yeah, you, you think we're yeah, you, you suspicious, yeah. Uh, superstitious at all when it comes to? Well, I'll sacrifice a Super Bowl win if the Timberwolves can win their first NBA championship. And if the Wolves win, you know, okay, well, timeout, we'll come back. Bill Hansen coming up next. We'll talk about what's it like? How deserving is Buffalo? What would it be like when you haven't? Bridesmaid, never the bride, all that. Uh, Phil Hansen next. Jack Michael Show, Derek Hansen, and 740 The Fan. There's all you can eat boneless wings at. Kick your heels Well, he did it all there, Dick. Got a little bit of penetration, got his hands up. Here's Hanson right here, a little bit of penetration and his hands up. He makes the hit and the catch. Now, that's some reactions. What's that guy doing on defense? <laughs> that's the daily double. They're making it happen now. Got the spirit. Buffalo Bills Hall of Fame owner, Ralph C. Wilson, Jr. It is an honor to introduce Phil Hansen, whose name will be inscribed on the Buffalo Bills Wall of Fame. He was a hard, dedicated worker, both on the field and in the community. I would like to present you, Phil, your Wall of Fame ring, a symbol of the excellence you displayed both on and off the field. It was truly an honor and a privilege to play with this organization. I played from 1991 to 2001. A reporter asked me after I retired, he said, how do you want to be remembered in Buffalo Bills history? I thought about it and said I'd like to be remembered as the best Bills player ever. Well, that probably wasn't going to happen. I said, well, maybe just the, the best defense lineman. Well, I played along Bruce Smith, so that probably wasn't going to happen. So I said, you know, you can remember me as a consistent, dependable, and accountable football player. And if that's as good as it gets, that's what I am. Uh, that man right there, Phil Hansen, uh, joining us uh, today. And, uh, Phil, the only question I think uh, Derek and I would have for you, I think you also got a vehicle during that uh, little ceremony. Do you still have that car, I, I Phil, I, or truck, I think it was, I Phil? You know, it was, yeah, that was 2011. I got inducted into the Buffalo Bills, Wall of Honor, Ring of Fame, whatever you call it. Um, so I'm down in the tunnel right before halftime. Uh, ready to go out in the field. And there's an ambulance down, and there's a car down at the end of the tunnel. And I'm like, you know, you're going to have a whole bunch of players come running up this tunnel in a few minutes. you got all these people standing here. you got these vehicles in the way. What the heck do they have all these vehicles here for? <laughs> well, I go out, and five minutes later on the field, they say, we'd like to present you this vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> so said, well, uh, I guess that isn't such a bad idea to have the vehicle down there. But- uh, no, I actually... They either gave you the vehicle. I think it was like a Range Rover or something like that. They either gave you the vehicle, or you could take the the the, the dollar value of it. So I took the dollar value of it and donated to a couple charities. So yeah, that's how I did nice. that. Nice. I didn't need another vehicle. That's a Phil Hansen move right there. That's a, that's a Phil Hansen move. Hey, I I was listening to you guys talking about Romo a few minutes ago. Yeah. Too. I mean. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought the same thing. When Romo came onto the scene, I mean, he's genius. It's like you're in the huddle with him. Mm-hmm. But I guess a few of the games I saw were Dallas games. And, I mean, things don't change much when the quarterback leaves. They don't change the whole offense. So the fact that he knew where the check downs were or right. where the open receiver was going to be, ah, that's not that big a deal. You get five or six years down the road, he doesn't know as much anymore. I mean, he knows basic <laughs> concepts, but he doesn't know the ins and outs. Of, that's a good of, point. <laughs> I mean, I, I and I, I, I still kind of like Romo, but he wasn't as he's not as good now as he was 
those first couple of years out. But that's, I think that's exclusively because when well, I saw him do the Dallas games, I mean, that was his team. So he should know that. It, you know, um, it's a great anyway. point, Phil, because it's it, the difference between the ability to be proactive from a commentator's standpoint and then just the job of being reactive after a play is done. And, and you know, you've been in this field now, Phil, a, a long time on that. Uh, the proactive Tony Romo, you're right, it was pretty sharp. He was, like, still fresh, and he could see everything. Yeah. And, and he let us in in that world. Right. And it's almost like we just learned the secrets of the, you know, like the bank code to get in, you know. And then, yeah, just go, go let me sit in the meetings of, of NDSU for a year. And then let me come back the next year. Heck, I'd be great for the next three years. Hey, you'd be calling um, out. You'd be calling out the play. Yeah, oh, here's what they're gonna do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's that's just because he was he was just in it. Now, you know, I I, I don't know nearly as much about NDSU. I don't know the I know general principles, but but basic and, and detailed concepts is hard. But you know what? Um, our sideline guy James Hendricks knows knows a lot because he's not too far gone sure. from being an actual player. So I mean, that just comes because you were in the scheme with the hopefully the players and the coaches. I mean, you can be really good. Anybody can be really good if they're fresh out. It's a great point. I'm lucky on that because I the, the broadcast partners I've had, you know, whether it be Mike Berg or certainly Tom Dosh, they're either coaching or in those meetings every day. So right. when they see it on the field, yeah. I, I'm like, I always say, you know, I don't want to know. I know you've got the plans and designs. I don't want to know it as a play-by-play guy because I'm just going to call it. But for people like yourself, Phil, or, or anybody that does in, in your role – uh, to be able to break that down, because what you're doing is you're servicing your viewer slash or listener uh, to bring them more into the game. And yeah, Tony Tony did that, and then not so much anymore. But that makes that makes sense, Derek. Yeah, yeah there's you times know, when I would from see a little bit. Yeah. call a Vikings game, and he could actually guess what was happening. It was kind of fun. Yeah, just for me, it's just kind of a wow. You know, yeah. Now like, he's just turning like a three word. Yeah, yeah it's kind of nuts yeah. how that that works on that. Phil, I did ask the question, you know, <laughs> Derek had, had said, like, you know, as a diehard, you know, Viking follower and fan and understanding the, you know, the want to win a Super Bowl. Well, there's a few teams that, that the want to has been there. So we were chatting yes, we were chatting this week about, uh, uh, okay, Detroit, you've had your success. Just don't win a Super Bowl before the Vikings was kind of your thing. Derek, 100%, right? Yeah. You know, just don't do it before I'm the kind, I'm getting a little bit more soft to Bill's Mafia right now. now you're, yeah. And then the same thing for Buffalo. Phil, just start with the easy one first. What would it mean to that city? You know what? You know you're you've experienced. You just heard in our our cut there a long time in the hall, Ring of Honor there in Buffalo. What was it like there? What would it mean to that city? What was it like being a Bill? Take us behind the, your curtain a little bit, Phil. Yeah, I don't know how much I can other than what I mean. You saw on TV. I mean, you saw it like affect snow does to a stadium. I mean, that was kind of cool to see all that, but. You also saw guys out there. It wasn't It wasn't really that cold. That snow, probably, well, I don't know, in a week, but in a few weeks, it, probably most of it would be gone. It does not get as cold as it does here in the Midwest, where <laughs> snow usually stays all year until the end of the year. Up there, it's, it, it, you can get in the 30s and sun shining, so a lot of that snow uh, will be gone, certainly before February. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great playing there. Um, and, you know, I always – would have hoped that uh, you could have brought, you know, a championship, just like the Minnesota fans feel from Minnesota. I wish we could have brought that to Buffalo, but uh, we seem to be a little closer than Minnesota is right now uh, with Buffalo and Josh Allen. What a great player and that yeah, really fun game to watch last night. The uh, the highlight, one of the highlights we played in the Phil's up and that, that that interception that you had, uh, you picked up a guy named um, uh, Dan Marino. <laughs> Phil, do you do? You, I mean, I was. If you ever Google Phil's highlights in the NFL, I love watching them because you you're like the raging. What do they call you? The raging Buffalo. They have a highlight video on Phil, like the raging whatever it was, and uh, you just attacked and attacked in your length, and uh, you're so humble. You talked about you know playing alongside Bruce Smith. Uh, did your teammates make you better, Phil? I mean, oh, big time. I mean. I played uh, my first year. The, uh, that was when the Kelly and the K Gun and Thurman Thomas and Andre Reed. I mean, they were just on fire. The defense, you know, they'd score fifty points, so the defense just tried to not give up over forty. But we slowly improved in the early nineties. And but I played my first year, um, and it was it was. I go back and look at those days, and I remember all the guys supporting. I never felt like I didn't have support, but boy, was I ever the weak link. And and I remember guys like Daryl Talley always just come on, let's go. Um, and just kind of cheering me on, I guess. But 
Um, and I got better as time went on, obviously. But, uh, boy, that first year was rough and tumble. But, you know, the offense just overshadowed anything that the defense gave up because they were so quick and, and they could they could score in, in seconds. So, um, but, yeah, we great teammates in Buffalo. I mean, it was a perfect – spot for me it was a 3-4 defense not a 4-3 defense that that fit what what I did uh to a T were you guys really the bickering bills like they said <laughs> I mean I mean that because that was always the knock but I hear you guys are winning AFC championships year after year and being in qualifying you know, was that just kind of a media made mantra or uh, well you know I came in after the first Super Bowl so Buffalo went to four I came in after the first one and then ended up going to three but yeah, I mean, I don't think – I think it just got the attention because, you know, we were good and, and in the media and everybody kind of wanted to know because we were at the top of our game. But I think there's always some bickering in every locker room. And, I don't know, the moniker kind of stuck. The bickering bills, it sounds good. So uh, there was always a little bit. I mean, there was a couple fights and stuff in the locker room that kind of got blown up. I mean, there were shoving matches, I guess, not really fist fights. But, yeah, there was a little of that. Before I got there, I heard. And there were a couple after too, but uh, you know, you got a lot of strong personalities in there and, you know, never one t- at one time did I think that um, a team or a teammate wasn't playing to win or, or, or didn't want the best for the team. I, I never thought that we could always put that stuff aside uh, on game day and, and play and try to win a football game. It's, it's, it's not fair to compare eras or even years at that time. I, I know in, in the sport of football, I mean, Philly reference Josh Allen, this guy, Man alive, he's just got you can just see his heart and, and his ability and he doesn't look like your prototypical runner, yet he runs. Doesn't look like your prototypical guy that can absorb hits and elude contact, even though he's got some size, but he does. He's tough to bring down. He's just he looks like he just uh, it, it's impressive. I, I look back at at some of those clubs you had and uh, you know, the air in which you play. Part of this maybe is is you've got it's gotta be the right fit, Derek and Phil. I mean you lost those Super Bowls, but the Cowboys were pretty good. <laughs> you know, Thanks to the Minnesota Vikings who gave up uh, all their trades right. for Herschel Walker. Right. So blaming it on the Vikings. Yeah, the just more salt in the wound. Like, yep. like you got into the, the league thinking, oh, God, I drafted Buffalo. Great. Oh, I'm playing right away. Hey, we were in the Super Bowl. I said, hey, we're back in the Super Bowl. And you, then you walk into a you know just an all-star team and when they play it. So, yeah, it's kind of who you play, I guess, Phil, but like – who you play in what year you play them. I don't know this year. I mean, Green Bay walked in and smoked Dallas in a place where they don't lose. So now I think a lot of our NFL fans, Phil, are probably like, I don't know, can they go into San Francisco and beat San Fran now? Can can KC, you know, walk into Buffalo? And, and I don't know. When you look at the NFL now, Phil, does it look the same or is it does it uh, is it different? No, obviously the, 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 the teams and players have changed, but – the one thing the NFL has a lock on is parity. I mean, they can keep things equal. <laughs> um, and, you know, with giving the worst team in the league the best draft pick, I mean, all the things they've implemented, the, the rules changes to benefit the offense, uh, spoken truly from a defensive player. <laughs> That's right. But uh, uh, all the things they've done, they know how to keep it close and keep people excited and, and keep them watching. Very seldom do you see blowout games in the NFL. Um, I mean, you could anybody could point one out, but in general, I mean, they're very competitive games all the way to the end. Bill Hanson, those highlights of, of you, the uh, you finished tackles, and I'll just put it that way: <laughs> you finished tackles on quarterbacks. You finished. You you drove through guys on that. We talk about the protection of this year, and for good reason, Phil. Obviously, the heads are protected. We talked yesterday. A little bit about about you know the the knees the low. There's not a lot of parts where I think you can hit and or slash tackle guys these days. Uh, you would have adapted, I'd imagine, right, Phil? Obviously, well, you'd exactly. you'd have had to. Yeah, I remember. I mean, in the early '90s, at the end of every year, they would they would the NFL would sell a highlight. Well, I have to age myself now. VHS tape. There you go. Of of the highlights of the NFL or the NFL's greatest hits of the year and they sell yeah. it for twenty nine ninety five. That's right. Well, I mean that stuff is all illegal now. <laughs> there, True. Not one of those hits would be legal. So I mean in thirty years it's changed that much. Even twenty years it's changed a lot. I gotta ask you, you know, just looking at that atmosphere yesterday and I'm kinda curious, you played in most every NFL stadium, I'm sure, over your course of your career, but 
and I know they refurbished the stadium since you played there, but you know what's that like? Because whether it be weather conditions or whatever, the tailgating looks like it's unbelievable. Almost looks like it's something out of the WWE with the way they go through tables. I mean, it, kind of just explain what that's like for people if they haven't had that type of experience before. You know, I, I never experienced the, what the 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 terminology Bills Mafia. I mean, they're the same people now. They called them the Bills Mafia. That wasn't going on when I was there, but. I mean, tailgating was the one good thing about Orchard Park and Buffalo uh, that, like, U.S. Bank Stadium doesn't have. We have a lot of open area around the stadium, so it's very conducive to, to tailgating and, and just, you know, bringing a bus in or setting up shop and tents and all that. Uh, U.S. Bank doesn't really have that. So, um, but, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's just the fact that there, there's a lot of area that you can do it. Um, around the stadium, um, and certainly they live up to expectation. I did see the guy jumping off the snow pile yesterday and busting the table. But <laughs> that's that's a classic bunch out there. <laughs> just, I saw a group of people, I guess, finding their seat, trudging through like a snowbank in the stands just to get to where they're. I know. And to me, it, more, it looked more like probably like we fish. Just grab first one there, grab whatever seat that uh, that you're that you're that you can. Yeah. Interesting how they clean the stadium. It's it's really kind of a, a, a an interesting thing. Obviously, they didn't have enough time to do it this time, but so they take uh they take like like three foot pipe, they cut it right down the middle, not in half, but right down the middle to make like a U shaped in the pipe, and they start at the top, and they 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 do this U shaped all the way down the steps, <laughs> and they so they so they put snow in it. They use gravity to take it down to the field, and that's where they load it with payloaders and haul it away. They just didn't have enough time to do it in this game, but they'll get that cleaned out before uh, whenever the game is, Saturday or Sunday, and it'll be uh, great for the for the fans. Bison Hall of Famer Phil Hansen with us today. Great to have uh, Phil uh, talking sports. We're kind of walking a little bit down Buffalo Bills memory lane, Ring of Honor, uh, Phil Hansen. I, uh, Derek, you saw when I came into the studio with, I have a I have a packet of all the teams remaining in the playoffs and then their their playoff history. And the the Packers, of course, has got to be stapled like three sheets long for goodness sakes. But Phil, I, I uh, Houston comes to mind, not the Texans, but the Oilers. And I, I know you got a good memory, and you probably asked this a thousand times. And you and I have probably discussed this over the years, either working together, rooming together, and road trips and whatnot. But the day was January third. For those that don't know, and our younger listeners, January third of ninety. Three, I want to say January. Yeah, ninety-three was the ninety-two, ninety-three playoffs, <clears throat> and the Buffalo Bills are down thirty-five to three, thirty-five to three. Now in today's NFL, I, I don't know, and I, I don't know. Maybe in any year that that's just game's done, but it wasn't that day, Phil. Thirty-five to three, you're down. The Oilers are in town. You end up winning the game. 41 to 38 in overtime. It at the time was a record for the largest comeback in NFL history. So I, I guess I, I presented that way to you, Phil, to uh, speak hope into those teams that might be down in the divisional playoffs this week or any high schooler out there or college that is down to show you that it is possible. When I bring that game up, Phil, just some of the memories that roll through your, uh, your head. Well, Derek will love this. Uh, that record of 32 points down and coming back from a 32-point deficit was uh, beaten by none other than the Vikings with a 33-point deficit. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Saturday afternoon affair last year, yes. Yeah. So, but anyway, it was uh, it was the first round. It was a wild card round. Uh, we were playing the Houston Oilers, and the old timers remember Warren Moon was the quarterback. Mm. Um, but yeah, we didn't even have our starting quarterback, Jim Kelly, Frank Reich, who's now coaching the NFL. Um, he was our starting quarterback that day. And, uh, yeah, at halftime, we were down 25 points. We get the ball. We come out to start the second half. We get the ball. First pass by Frank Reich is thrown. It's caught. It's intercepted. And, and we're down 32 points. <laughs> we ran it back for a touchdown. Um, so we're down 32 points. And you could see, I mean, there 80, Bill Stadium held 80,000 people. And when that happened, and uh, there was about there, there had to be fifty thousand of those eighty thousand people left the stadium in a matter of the next ten minutes or so. Wow. Well, you know what? We 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 scored. Don Beebe caught a touchdown, and and then you're 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 doing you're doing football math in your head. Okay, 
we get a touchdown and a, if we get four touchdowns and a field goal, we're right back in this thing. <laughs> four and touchdowns. You know what? We scored again. The defense stopped them. And before you know it, we're in the game at the end. Well, those fans who'd left the stadium and went out to drown their sorrows in the, in the parking lot, were trying to get back in. Well, they broke down the fences to get back in because there was a <laughs> one admission, only one. You can only be admitted once. Hey, you can't re-enter, oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, so they broke down the fences, came back in. It was funny because I was in, you said, 92, 93. Whenever that game came up and I was in Buffalo, you know, out in the public or whatever, I, I always asked the people who said they're the greatest Bills fans ever. I said, hey, were you one of those guys that left that day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we tried no to come back in. We, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. But, Mike, was there any talk, you know, because you mentioned Jim Kelly was out. Was there any talk with how hot Wright got there that he should start in the Super Bowl at all? Or No, I mean, Jim was our quarterback. No, there was no quarterback controversy. He just sure. happened to be injured, I think, a knee or something that game. Um, no, but, no, there was no no question. Well, I just I think about the Hostetler-Sims thing, you know. I mean, when sure. the first Bills loss, obviously, that's – one thing I think about, you know, one thing about Buffalo, I, I, I'm kind of curious about too, because knowing a few few people that live up there too, and you living up there as long as you did playing there, they kind of have a little chip on their shoulder, right? They're northern, outstate New York, northern part of it. They have their fan base going from Syracuse to Buffalo all the way into parts of Canada and whatever, and they're outside of the metro. I'm sure that would mean a lot more than anything else that they could go on to the Super Bowl and finally win one, right? Just to kind of throw it in the face of the Giants. Yeah, just a little geography lesson. We're not upstate New York, although although anything outside of New York City is called upstate. We're more overstate. We're more over to the west. We're closer to Toronto and Canada. We're closer to Rochester is a, another big city in western New York. We're closer to Cleveland and Pittsburgh than we are to New York City. Right. Um, so we're right at Niagara Falls. So, But, yeah, we get that lake effect snow. But, I mean, there's, a, there's blue-collar people there in Buffalo and, um, I, I loved it. I mean, it was a great community uh, to live. I got nothing bad to say about Buffalo, even with the weather. Heck, it's colder back here in North Dakota, Minnesota than it is in Buffalo. So mm. they do get a little snow, but uh, uh, no, this would mean the world to Buffalo Bills fans and all of Western New York and you know Southern Canada. There, we get a lot of Canadian fans that come down for the Bills games too. I uh, before we let Phil go, you know, now you know, removed from that, you're not removed from the game because you're you're still heavily involved as a broadcaster, Phil, but. Uh, do you lock in as much? Are you are you a casual observer of the National Football League, having played all those years, being a ring of honor for Buffalo? Are you a pretty active follower of the games? Is it just Buffalo? Do you, do, the Vikings? Uh, where, where do you sit in this day and age now? Well, obviously the Vikings are always on back here, and, and that's what the people want to talk about in Detroit Lake. So obviously I, I engage that. But I'm a Bills fan, but a little disappointed about the the what is it called the Sunday ticket this yeah. year. I bought that, and then in mid December I wanted to watch a, a Buffalo Bills game on a Thursday night, and I'm I'm told no, that's on Peacock. You don't you got to pay extra for that. <laughs> but I bought the dang Sunday ticket. <laughs> well, it's not Sunday, is it? <laughs> well, he should have come in on, on an earlier Friday. conversation. <laughs> see, see, even affects Phil Hansen for goodness' sake. Yeah, see? exactly. Uh, I just. Yeah, you know, everybody's trying to get the marginal dollar. I get that, but I thought I bought it all, and uh, yeah, just another another add-on. No, I I, I lament that as well. Uh, hey, what stadium? Since you brought this up earlier, Derek, what stadium did you really feel like the visitor most? Like to just just get in, get out. Let's get out of here. <laughs> that one of those things, Phil. Do you have a couple? The old, the old Candlestick Park. We didn't play there very often, but that, you know they got a new stadium now out there in San Francisco, but. Geez, those fans were six feet from you, from your bench. Yeah. Yeah. There was no room there. And, uh, man, they were just on top of you. Kind of um, like the Fargo Dome. Both yeah. literally <laughs> and with their screaming and yelling and drunkenness and spilling <laughs> and drunk. <laughs> kind of um, like the Uni Dome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like... but now the stadiums are all so much better and, and newer. And Yeah, but there was a time I'd played in every NFL stadium, um, but n- not anymore because uh, there have been so many improvements. Sure. But, uh, yeah, no, that was kind of cool. But San Francisco was, yeah, they were, they were just, there was no room. There was no room anywhere. Back in the day, for those that don't believe this, back in the day where you you, you played in stadiums that also featured the, the baseball team from that stadium. Oh, yeah. So, it, you know, I bet you people would look now, Phil and Derek, going, 
What, what is an in? What's dirt doing? What's like an infield doing? Uh, but that Phil is putting his finger at second base. Yeah, <laughs> right. 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 Running across gravel to make a tackle. Heck, I would have. I would have moved up. I'd, I'd have let him have ten yards just to be playing on grass. That infield was so hard. Oh, I He'd bet. Playing on that. Ugh. Oh, great stuff. Uh, so we'll see what the Bills do. Bills and KC. I, uh, you know, it's it's in Buffalo. I. That's you know, Mahomes. How do you contain Mahomes? Any quarterback that that you had to track down that that are similar to the the Mahomes of this world, the, the real runners that. You know, I know Elway would 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 break free from time, but he's more of a dart thrower and and uh, and an arm. And I mentioned you, you know you picked off Marino and sacked him, but he's more of a pocket guy. But when you look at some of these you know, mobile the last, guys, yeah, the last half of my career, um, I played with Doug Flutie, and boy, we had to go against him in practice some days. I mean, that was a guy that was hard to track down and get a beat on, or really get a good hit on. So uh, I feel sorry for the competitors that had to play against him, but. Um, after Jim Kelly left, Flutie was our guy for a couple of years, and uh, he was very elusive, I guess you'd say. Could, couldn't a, really throw the long ball, but he was a competitor, and I loved playing with him. It's a, great, it's a great reference because some of those guys that aren't, from a stature standpoint, that are the Peyton Mannings, you know, they got to find ways, uh, Phil, yep. right, to be effective. You know, Flutie, I know his, uh, the people who didn't like Doug Flutie always uh, said he didn't have the size, which he really didn't be a premier quarterback but they say oh i never play in the nfl well he played a couple of years in the nfl then he went to the canadian league and then he came back to the nfl and after 23 years of professional football they still said he couldn't play and were <laughs> vindicated <laughs> yeah, yeah. how about football. that yeah right well you, you probably don't remember this phil but i interviewed you about 25 years ago you know i think it was right after you retired and we were just kind of really casual chat and you kind of made the comment about that it factor that some guys just have that he had it and the organization might have made a mistake. You know, they kind of invested in a Rob Johnson. But uh, Flutie just kind of had that thing, right? And everything kind of – maybe an organizational decision they shouldn't have made, huh? Uh, you know, it kind of split the locker room. But I, I was a Flutie fan. I mean, I was on defense, so it didn't matter to me. But uh, as far as winning games, I, I I thought he was a competitor and a winner. And Yeah, I was – I thought he was. We always had a better chance of winning when he was in there. Uh, Christian Watson doing what he's doing when healthy. Uh, Phil certainly is making an impact for that young uh, Green Bay team. Uh, Cody Mauk, you know this guy's availability. He he has he's he lines up every game for Tampa Bay and plays every game as you know brand new in the league. Any of these guys that that jump from FCS get drafted and uh, you know there's been a number of them now. Uh, surprise you at all, Phil, or or you sit back and go yeah. I saw that coming. Uh, no, I, I'm not a very good visionary when it comes to next-level <laughs> stuff. I mean, I got an opinion, but I'm usually wrong. Um, uh, but Cordell Volson certainly has been a nice guy to watch. And, sure. and, and Cody, those offensive linemen, those guard positions um, have been have been fun to watch. Um, yeah, I, I'm just a fan. I just see what they do and try to isolate them and see if they're getting their blocks. Um, and Christian catching, catching balls, but... Uh, yeah, now Carson out in L.A. I, yeah. uh, I don't know if that's a long-term thing or not, but uh, always might be nice to see him do something before he decides to retire. Yeah, well, he got that one shot at the end when they uh, put it down, and if, if anything, his stock, wherever it was, had to have increased a little bit. I'm sure they're screaming to, to sign him for a, a backup role out there, so let's see what happens. Bill, good yep. stuff, man. Let's get together for a bowl of soup and whatever else uh, soon, my friend. And thanks for kind of walking down a little memory lane with us today on the fan. I always love to have you on. Have a have a have a warm day, Phil. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> thanks, Jack. See you, Jack. See you, Derek. Yep. You bet. Talk to you. The great Phil Hansen. Yeah, it's just uh, it's fun to kind of go down that. You forget how long. You'd have done Phil... one another hour if you'd have let us. Oh though. yeah, you forget how long Phil played in the league and the guys he played against and with. I, mean, I don't know where you think the golden era is football. Maybe we're living in it. Uh, but there's some pretty good talent back uh, when you look when he came in in '91, '201, pretty good talent. Well, he mentioned a couple of them. I mean, he he lined up next to one of the greatest defensive ends that ever played the game, when Bruce Smith, right? I mean, that just Phil once told me that he, I, I and I don't want to put words in. I should have asked him this too. Said Bruce Smith there would be off that snap better oh, yeah. than anybody he has ever seen. Daryl Talley was an animal. Just I mean, they just they had some dudes. Yep. Oof. Quick timeout. Uh, good memory lane, Mark. It's the uh, Tuesday edition. Jack Michael showed Derek Hansen on 740 The Fan.
Put me down for Mickey. Songs that uh, you just you shouldn't be able to cover. You know, this is why I want to have like a hotline to Justin Guard. Just as like when you pull out a reference like oh <laughs> Mickey from the eighties. Of course I went there. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. And the big one hit wonder from the Tony 80s. Basil right. from the eighties of all the songs. Right. You know, and you and I come from the album rock type of era. <laughs> right. Both have worked in you know kind of classic rock type of things, and you pull out Tony Basil. Basil. I mean, that's something you, that shouldn't be covered. Who who's going to cover it? <laughs> and who would want to? <laughs> and why and why would you? Yeah. And why would you? You imagine yeah. they release that now? Uh, we should go talk to Zero at Y ninety four. What do you think? Could you? Uh, maybe maybe the, the 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 quirkiness of it maybe maybe that would be, uh-huh. make it a hit. Like if you had I, I don't know, pick your like if like if Snoop Dogg. Covered Mickey. Well, that may be something could work. <laughs> you get a rapper who decides uh, to pull out and you know sample it a little bit. That might work. I don't know. Uh, That's the a good point. Uh, the uh, yesterday quickly. Uh, so Mark Andre Fleury, yes. surpasses uh, Patrick Waugh, and uh, nobody's touching. Nobody's touching number one, Martin Rodur. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, Solidified. I think if I if I put the numbers down, I think I I think it's going to be pretty tough to do that. Um, yeah, Martin Brodeur is sitting at six ninety one. Uh, Flurry's at five fifty two hmm. wins. So it's a hundred and roughly one hundred forty, hundred thirty nine wins away. Well, tomorrow night, right here on the fan, we'll maybe they can go to five fifty three. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, if that is it, congratulations to Casey Barabich uh, for the second time this year and the sixth time in her career um, was named the uh, the performer of the week. I think Derek, when you drop triple doubles, and uh, that's pretty good. That's that good enough for that. And the copper ladies and men, uh, boy, we're blessed in the area. We have a lot of good success. We talk about the force doing what they're doing in the USHL. You know the the, the Dragon Men. We've talked about how good they're. Cardinals Dragon Women are, are really. Turning things around, they got a split. I know last weekend, but uh, pretty good. Uh, the Cobbers the same, and the, the ladies and the men. The women won yesterday by twenty. Uh, Cardi Seaman and Emily Beastman each poured in sixteen. And the Cobber men got twenty-two from Jacob Cook, Matt Johnson, Matthew put in twenty, and the uh, the Cobbers defeat Augsburg by nine on the men's side. And then the Gophers fall to Iowa. Ah, <sighs> hate that when it happens. Eighty-six to seventy-seven, the final. Yeah, outside of football, they've kind of dominated everything else right now. Yeah, they have. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I'm going to continue. This isn't a shock here, but back to our college football. Uh, uh, we got you know people declaring for NFL draft as expected. You know, so we've got you know the uh, USC uh, quarterback commit uh, Julian Lewis, top high school football player in the class of 26, headed to college a year early. Um, so we'll talk. You know, we, we'll get into all that. The draft is when, Derek? April. Late uh, in April, sometime. So we uh, we've got some time. I guess. We got. To, uh, I think there'll be a little bit of breaking down what the Vikings <laughs> might do at eleven and beyond, right? Yeah, they might. Really, what Chicago's going to do at one, too? Maybe if you think about it. Maybe we'll see some things. A lot of high school, a lot of prep stuff tonight in the region. Not the very least to being uh, Barnesville boys at home against DGF tonight. Uh, Derek has the call on that uh, tip. Seven fifteen ish or so. Sure, probably pregame show or so. Come for the game, stay for the popcorn. Barnesville High, home of the Trojans. Common Man is next on the fan. Lakes Area Trailers in Battle Lake.